All right, well, an old school. We got an old school for you guys. A little bit of new sprinkled in, though. Jane Huger, Ben Manquist, Wazni Lombre, the Wizard of Waz. So reporting, reporting for, for duty, duty, sir. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I All gotta right. move. I gotta move my light. I mean, I, I. I mean, this is the whitest I've ever looked. Right. I mean, it's like it's <laughs> glaring. So just bear with me. I mean, I. I, I got it. He's and literally gonna move his light just to look less white. I, just, you, I, I thought is, that was a black joke. Yeah, no, no, it's uh, it, no, it was definitely a black and Muslim joke. I was just, it was just, it was, uh, it was too much, and I resent both of you for it. I no, was you like, know Holy what? Though? Christ, yeah. All right, number one, uh, congrats. We're a Benetton commercial. Uh, <laughs> going old school with that reference, uh, but yeah, yeah, um, I look really brown, and you look really white. Yeah, no, this is this is this is uh, alarming. Uh, Was well, I've never met you, um, but it's nice. It's nice to meet you, and I'm nice familiar you, with your brother. work. So, uh, oh, so thank it's you uh, so much. Uh, so am I. Nice to be here on the show with you. You know, Was today. Uh, this this is old school. It's sponsored by TwoStrongCoffee.com/tyt. Sponsored by ShopTyt.com. You get it. Let's move on. Uh, so, uh, Was today one of the guys in the crew was saying. You know, I was so psyched when Waz wound up being a contributor here because I used to follow him. Like, and I'm like, oh, and he's like, that's Waz, man. And I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> so, uh, Waz uh, is at theringer.com now, and uh, and and um, Craig uh, followed you on the sports stuff. He also does a podcast called Woke Bros with Nando Vila, who's also on the show regularly. So, because you know why? Because they're both woke. We like woke folks, exactly. as opposed to as opposed to sleep folks. We're we're against that. And Ben, I think you've you've improved it by getting much closer to the camera. Hang on, hang on. I'm, I'm messing with the camera settings. I can't. I couldn't bear it. I literally. I was not going to do the rest of the show looking that ill. Okay, Ben, you're. It's a. Uh, it's remarkable that white people were ever able to seize power as they have throughout the world, <laughs> given how horrific we look most of the time. That's a. <laughs> so instant yeah, take. Right. It's a quick take. It's a, it's a hot take. That's yeah, right. it's a hot take. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, you're ironically uh, doing the opposite of what Time Magazine did to OJ. Right. <laughs> You're trying to darken your skin, or well, it's in a it's in a sense it's the opposite, in a sense it's the same. Uh, anyways, um, now he get a load of this amazing connection. Uh, Waz used to work at the Athletic, and Bay Ben loves the Athletics. Yes, that's right. I am a what is it now? Twenty three and twenty. I'm a forty four year dedicated Oakland A's fan. In fact, you I'm gonna guess. That if if you are tuning into something as you do the show, given your work, there's some chance you're you're watching the conclusion of the Hawks and the Sixers. I'm 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 in the top of the second of the A's and the Angels. Like the like I most have, of the I country, I'm watching the A's and the open Angels. to that game right now as we speak. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, as the Sixers, not the A's and the Angels. Nobody's yeah. no, no nobody, Man, nobody but me is paying that. attention to the. And by the way, nothing, nothing, top second. Just in case you guys are. No, <laughs> I don't mind you talking about that all day because that's not going to draw a single viewer away from us. <laughs> I think we're, yeah, we're probably, probably all right in that regard. Okay, guys, I got fun stories about is fifth grade graduation a thing or not? 
But I, I just uh, opened up the news real quick in between the eight shows I'm doing today and saw a fun story. So it actually kind of fits to, to a theme that a lot of you are aware of and one I'm slightly obsessed with lately, which is um, what are we gonna do when we have all of these different alternate realities? It's almost like a Marvel comic universe with the madness of the multiverse. Ben, I know I lost you. Was you're younger, you probably probably kept you a little bit. Uh, you know, Doctor Strange <laughs> coming out. Uh, so anyway, but we have all these different timelines, or but in this case, it's different realities. But I found one uh, today that is super fun. Uh, his name is Jason Riddle, um, and he does something important for us. He, it turns out, there is something is called objective reality, and you can actually be away from it and then realize it. Like that's. And and then his line about the insurrection is just awesome. Okay, so Jason Riddle was one of the guys that raided the Capitol, and as you'll see, he's a he's a character. He goes in, breaks in. I guess he brought a bottle of wine because he drank wine when he was there. I mean, how is that for a bougie revolution when you bring wine to your to your revolt? And uh, although to be, to be fair, probably the French did it as well. Um, and uh, and then he stole some stuff, and uh, and so he, but he's super mad at uh, Ann Custer, who's the uh, U.S. rep uh, from New Hampshire, where he's from. So he's decided he's going to run against her, and he's on uh, talking to a reporter, Catherine Underwood, uh, and he says, "Man, I'm so mad at that Democrat. I'm gonna get her and stuff." And that's why I'm running for state representative. And um, and then uh, Underwood says, Custer is not a state representative. She's a United States representative. <laughs> okay. And then here's how that conversation goes. Riddle, I thought Ann was a state representative. Underwood, no, a state rep is in the state house in Concord. Riddle, yeah, that's what Ann is. Underwood, no. No, no, she's in Washington. Riddle, oh, well, I guess I got to run against that then. Mm. <laughs> well, sounds, sounds like he's going to be a formidable opponent. Yeah, but you know that's, what? That's, Who that's knows? I Maybe do. he wins. That's how I do at Subway when they run out of the Italian and herb uh, roll that I like to get. I go, well, I guess I'll just get. The multi-grain one, just give me that one. I, I guess I'll go with that. Yeah. That's how I treat my subway orders. How this guy decides to run for United States Congress, a protected democracy, y'all. It is. Uh, I mean, the you know we we don't really get a full sense. I mean, the 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 Louis Gohmert's and the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Lauren Bobberts give us a, a flash of the of the dumbing down of America. And Lord knows there are dumb people on the other side. I don't I don't want to pretend otherwise. But there's a special breed of ignorance that's running through the country and 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 being elected to higher to 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 significant office. But it's the really it's in the legislatures around the country where there are just so Got people who are, you know, aggressively ill-informed. I mean, here's a guy who called a press conference, right? I mean, brought somebody out to run to announce his run for office and does not understand the office he's running from. And it's not like I'm I'm about to excuse the acceptable mistake, which is where I thought you were headed, of the state legislature versus the state senate, which you really shouldn't give a pass on. <laughs> but at least, again, right? 
that's still part overall of the of the of, of state government. But to miss it entirely is, and that's where all these people came from, or most of them came from, right? Was was the the core of their work began in state houses across the country, where where on one hand there are some people who are dramatically ill informed. On the other hand, it is a testament to the the impressive groundwork that Republicans have done that Democrats didn't do while well, we lost what was it? What's the numbers? A thousand seats or eleven hundred yeah. seats, right? Under 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 while Barack Obama was uh, was president of the United States. Yeah. Uh, we lost about a thousand in a ten-year period, uh, eight of which was under Obama. Um, that's and uh, and the guys winning those seats were people like Jason Riddle, who didn't even know what they're running for. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I mean, but I liked it. He at least was like, okay, I will now acknowledge reality and I'll run for the right office. I, I want, went through the trouble of trying to run for this office, just missed it that it wasn't the office I was looking for. But you know what? Okay, I'll, I'll run for the right one because I, at this point, I feel like eight out of ten right wingers in that situation would be like, nope, nope, it's the state senate. I'm going to run for that, and it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> and the best uh, part is that his constituents won't even care, right? It's like this guy doesn't even know. He just knows he's against this lady and he needs to run against her. He doesn't know what her job is, why she's bad at it. He just knows she's he's against her and he doesn't need to know anything else. And none of his constituents will give a damn. They're just gonna be like, yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, because why is he doing it? He's doing it to own the libs. Why will everybody vote for him who's conservative? To own the libs. Doesn't matter which lib and which seat. None of that matters. But but wait, there's more. Two more fun things about my friend Jason Riddle here. Number one, if he does win, he's barred from entering Washington D.C. because he's a dangerous criminal. Hmm. <laughs> so since he raided the Capitol in D.C., he literally cannot enter. DC, let alone the Capitol, if he were to become a US Congressperson. Well, well the uh, so maybe he's right. Maybe he's gonna have to do most of his legislating from Concord. Um, that is, uh, man, that is, uh, that is something, man. We live in a strange time, and it's just I'm getting. I'm sure, like everybody else, I'm I'm inured to it. Like, I mean, I don't know whether this guy has any serious chance, right? I mean, I hope not, but he might, right? We don't know. No, but that's the thing, Ben. One, truth doesn't matter anymore, reality doesn't matter. But number two, um, your policy positions are a joke, no one cares. Uh, unless you're a progressive, then people care. Then people care a lot what your policy positions are. But outside of progressives, really for a corporate Democrat, you're a Democrat, good enough, let's go, right? And for Republicans, you wanna own the libs, you don't like black brown people or overly white people like Ben, whatever. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in. Let's I go. think you're. I think you're making it. You're being too harsh. It's not that they don't like black or brown people. They like them fine. They just don't want them voting. And I think there's a difference. And I think we. <laughs> ought to, so it's a distinction we ought to make, right? There's yeah. no citizenship. It's cool to be here, Jink. Yeah, um, it's fine. Right. They liked it back in 1862. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, it, it worked out better then. Yeah. No, wow. but by the way, I have not yet gotten. To the best part of the talented Mr. Riddle. Okay, um, nice, nice, good. So you were saving, you were saving that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the reporter Catherine Underwood asks, "What does being at the riot do for your campaign?" And he answers, "It tells them I show up." 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. He does show up. If you need a riot, Jason's gonna be there for you. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, so <laughs> with his we, bottle of wine, by the way. <laughs> we had a uh, for on Turner Classic Movies. We had a, a, a specific event scheduled for uh, Father's Day, which which fell through. Uh, and so, sort of, as we were figuring out how we were going to program that night, which is obviously coming up as we tape this, uh, as we shoot this, it's only six days away. Back in eight years ago, um, my father was on TCM with me for Father's Day. It was great. It was terrific. About a year before my dad died, and uh, was if you don't know, my, my dad was spent a lifetime in, in Democratic politics, and uh, uh, George McGovern's campaign manager co-ran the campaign. Bobby Kennedy's press secretary, president of NPR, ran for the legislature, lost. He lost a lot, um, but he he was a, a a fairly significant name for a time in, in Democratic politics. And he he came on and he programmed uh, two of the four movies he programmed were going to run on Father's Day and uh, uh, All the King's Men. Which is really about Huey Long. Um, uh, they call him Willie Stark in the movie, but it's Huey Long. And then the last hurrah, which is this John Ford picture with Spencer Tracy, about a fictional mayor of Austin. And they're two of the best political movies you could ever see. They're great. They're phenomenal. They're incredibly realistic about politics. And and there's corruption for the Huey Long character, but the corruption is always about. Um, uh, the corruption is never to line his pockets. Right, it, it, it may be to, to hold power, right? But he never got rich. That was the thing about Huey Long. He wasn't, he didn't profit off it. In fact, many of his policies were revolutionary and incredibly progressive, right? And of course, he got shot. Um, and uh, uh, and then the the Spencer Tracy movie, The Last Hurrah, which you guys should definitely see, and you should, I know you haven't seen it because nobody's seen it. Um, the same thing, like there's horse trading and there's some ugliness about politics, right? And having to lie to this group and say you're gonna do something because he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna screw them over, but he needs to do something that ultimately is good, right? And so it exposes some of the ugliness, but he's not a bad person at all and he's a very effective mayor. Um, and like, it doesn't matter, man, but politics got so bad mouthed, understandably, I, I, we know who, we know the well got poisoned, right? But. There was something to it, and it was, you know, my dad was always proud of being in politics, and he worked for a couple of great guys, men he admired. But man, it is the notion that a guy like Jason Riddle could run for a seat like the fake Spencer Tracy had the last hurrah. Um, it's just it is stunning, stunning to me. And there were always, there were always shameless sort of self promoters and 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 penny ante used car salesmen, but man, it is it's it's out of control. You're right. Your your views don't matter. They don't matter at all. Um, and 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 forget views. It's your ability to craft legislation. Your ability to get there and make life better for regular people. It doesn't matter. It's been completely lost. And uh, I don't know, it's just super depressing. And I, I think of it only because I was uh, writing the scripts for the intros to those movies and the conversations with my dad uh, uh, last night. Yeah, um, to me, the, the politics of it is definitely depressing, but more depressing is the alternate realities. Because that's a hard uh, thing to put back together again. Once Humpty Dumpty falls off, falls off that wall, they're, you know, they're not even, Watching the same stuff, they're not getting the same information. I had talked about this last week. Uh, one of the folks who works at, at TYT, his dad uh, saw um, 
a picture online of Ilhan Omar training with Al Qaeda, and he's like, "Oh, I, I, I can't believe she's an enemy of the of the United States, and we got to get rid of her." And 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 our guy was like, "No, Dad, no, that's not, that's a fake picture. That's not true." And he's like, "Really? They really <laughs> don't know. They really, really don't know. It's amazing." Um, so, I, it's a it's a dark place, man. I mean, look, and, and I, I, another, now thing, another thing you got to realize too, Jank, with 45's presidency is that nothing really happened until the pandemic, right? Like they passed their tax cut, um, they, they jailed a couple of Mexican kids um, at the border. And they were basically like the country, the machinery of it all kind of went chugging along. So it's not like any hard lessons were learned from you know uh, electing a clown to the most powerful office in the world. Like nothing really terrible happened. So I don't know. Not to say that COVID isn't horrible, but I don't think those people see that as a failure of Donald Trump's presidency at all. So I don't know that any of this changes because let's face it, there haven't been any real consequences to this foolishness. No, none. There's no consequence to the Bush. There's no consequence to the Trump. Uh, all right, so I can go on about that, but I don't want to. It's so. funny. The consequence to Bush is Trump to some extent. Like, I mean, it's not the the consequence. Were the consequences were felt by by the mainstream of the Republican Party, right? Who who suddenly couldn't control this. But then they've decided they, you know, from a power point of view, they figured out what well, we'll just get it. We'll just get on board for the, with this. Right, you know, and and f George will like we we don't need those guys, right? We never yeah. did, right? So that's who paid the price. That's the only consequence there's been, right? And, and look, there's disinformation campaigns now from every quarter, and so I don't want to get into the the so-called left, whatever. I don't want to get into that topic, but I'll tell you this: in the midst of one of the stories we did today, um, there's a report in the Guardian about how. The governments of Honduras and Azerbaijan are doing uh, fake uh, news on American social media to affect uh, Americans' view of Honduras and Azerbaijan. Now, let me ask you this, as I said on the show today. Are, are Honduras and Azerbaijan working together on this? Because that's gotta be their first sort of group effort. That's gotta be a, that's an alliance I don't think anybody saw coming. No. No, I don't think so. Uh, but in terms of an alliance that people saw, no way. If <laughs> all they need is one more country, and they could have an axis. <laughs> totally. Uh, so <laughs> an axis of really? Huh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Honduras, Azerbaijan, and Micronesia. No, oh, totally. That, yeah, the yeah. axis of really, really. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good for them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And the question I asked is, if Azerbaijan is manipulating our social media with lots of fake accounts, you think maybe other countries are too? Or you think that's far fetched? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, have you ever been on Twitter, Jake? It's it's all freaking bots and fake accounts and algorithmic. Uh, sort of responses to anything like they put you on a list and those bots come after you, you know, once you touch a certain type of topic. So 
no, I wouldn't be surprised if you know American oligarchs weren't doing this too. Oh yeah, by the way, that's the other thing. No, look, I've said this before, so I'll just, I swear it, last thing, then let's move on because I got other fun topics. But um, my my Twitter mentions is a Petri dish. Uh, and it like, just my Twitter mentions alone can get you an excellent PhD thesis on bots and trolls. Because I got them all. Uh, I got the fake left, I got the right wing, I got the corporate me- uh, Democrats, I got everyone. And you can tell which ones are bots, okay? Uh, uh, the the establishment uh, Dems, when you criticize Mansion or Cinema or Coons or Biden, they all come in and they come in with the same talking point. Their favorite talking point is, why don't you unionize TYT? They don't update their points at all. Nothing ever happens. They just same thing, right? And you'll see one, two, three. You're like, okay, those are bots, right? And then now the fake left has tons and tons of bots and trolls. God knows where they're coming from, uh, and. And then, but it does work, guys. Like there'll be like two or three real people, or in my mentions, a lot of real people, and they'll be like, "Oh wow, it looks like there's a consensus building here that Jenk has been far too mean to Vladimir Putin." Well, maybe he has. I don't know. I mean, that might hurt Putin's feeling. Well, all I want to say about this is that I think that you guys, the the notion, I find it hard to believe that anybody involved with the CIA would. Uh, get involved in social media to uh, promote uh, American interests in another part of the world, because I think they would just think that that was wrong. That's not the spirit of social media. So you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, obviously we do it, and it blows. That's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 it blows. So I love yeah. people who are like, oh no, the CIA would never do it, and I love people who say, oh no, uh, the Russian government would never do it. No, they're both angels. They've got hearts yeah. of gold, okay? Yeah. Um. <laughs> and to, to Waz's point, giant corporations that stand to gain from influencing uh, the political discourse in America, they would never do it. No. Amazon just did it with the union drops. They literally just did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's they got cost, caught probably, with the fake accounts. That's right, but it's gonna cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't see a company like Amazon spending that kind of money. <laughs> Where are they gonna get it, right? Yeah. They just, and, uh, God forbid they should spend it on bathroom breaks. Yeah. Um, and uh, and by the way, the guys who invented this are the the vulture capitalists, right? So the the guys who would buy up a bad debt of places like Argentina and all all over the world. Argentina just happens to be a very famous example of it. And then they manipulate American media. Uh, and and media in Argentina into forcing them to pay. So, oh my God, this government is going to ruin Argentina. They're driving the economy south. Or they got a uh, all this like overwhelming propaganda. And that was in the old days too. They did it just through old media, right? Let alone social media. You think those vulture capitalists aren't doing that now? <laughs> oh my God, God knows how many. See, that's why they don't need the CIA to do coups anymore. They still try every once in a while, right? But <laughs> you can just do it through media because you just influence people enough until you get what you want. And and you know, look again. I I still call myself a capitalist, but there ain't anybody better than capitalists at manipulating the media to get what they want. Let's keep it real. 
So, and that's the bad side of capitalism, obviously. I get to the good side later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but look here, I'll give you one example of that, right? The, of the of the misconception that people have, I think it's both. Well, there's nothing good about it, but um, and and that also is a warped reality. Like like progressives don't understand finance at all, and finance doesn't understand progressives at all. Progressives understand finance way better than finance understands progressives, but. But like, but there's still like silly misunderstandings. Like, they had a segment on the other day with Steve Ratner and another uh, Goldman Sachs executive. Not a, Steve Ratner is a very wealthy hedge fund guy or whatever particular kind of uh, fund that he does, and he's a, ostensibly a Democrat. I'm quite literally a corporate Democrat. Goes in and out of these corporate Democratic administrations. Had influence in the Obama administration, uh, and. And they're doing a segment, and and uh, the business reporter is like, you know, what are we going to do about wages going up? This is terrible. It could cause inflation, and it could hurt the stock market a little bit. Are you guys worried about like, are you grabbing up, uh, you know, uh, companies uh, that are immune to uh, wage growth problems, like, you know, that they, and so. And are you dumping stocks that have low margins because those the wage growth will affect their margins and hurt their profitability, etc. On the one hand, they're like Ratner once or twice mentioned like wage growth theoretically okay for real people, but anyway, let's get back to the main topic here, etc. And and they live in a world so detached from the reality of the rest of us. They don't think it's offensive at all to talk for eight straight minutes about how terrible wage growth will be. If God forbid you should share a tiny bit of the wealth with employees, right? Yeah. And you know, I got another, I just want to point out there's another term for wage growth, pay raises. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and uh, uh, but it's interesting that they found something that wage growth. That sounds innocuous. Well, you wouldn't want to stop. I'm a guy. I don't know. I, I'm I, I'm uh, I'm neutral on wage growth, but I'm pro pay raise. <laughs> <laughs> and but on the other hand, uh, I don't know about progressives, but Democrats have uh, often have a non-realistic way of looking at money. Right. So here's what I mean by that. They will then look at those folks having that conversation and go, they're immoral. No, that's like, no, the heart of the problem is the system, right? Yep. So if you build a system where they are driven to maximize profit, you will get nothing but people driven to maximize profit. You will get nothing else. And to think anything else is very, very silly, right? And so. You got to rebuild the system. Just calling those particular people, those two, three people, immoral, misses the point. If it wasn't them, it'd be somebody else, because they must maximize profit. That's right. That's right. Well, I just what I, what I'm curious about is what was different because everybody acknowledges that it was different, and you would know better than I. I can't answer these questions. You know, first of all, are there any other kind of funds other than hedge funds? Oh yeah, there's is private equity. There's growth equity. I get it, but they but those are the like. But I'm talking about language, like you know, I love language, wage growth, like that's a choice to call it that. But none of those others have fund in the title, colloquially. Colloquially, thank you. I see. Yeah, like if if you run a fund, 
It's a hedge fund. It's a hedge like fund. nobody runs a, <laughs> a, you know, like there's no, there's no other. I don't know. I'd like to know. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't. It just seems like those are the. That's the most popular kind of fund is the hedge fund. What was different in the '70s, right? I mean, we we romanticize it a little bit, uh, the business part of it, uh, and '60s, '70s, all throughout. Where, of course, I mean, company. It's not like we invented the shareholder in the Reagan era. Right when we started getting, when when greed became good, to quote Gordon Gecko, right? Mm-hmm. But what was the circumstance that had you settle for less to your shareholders? Because no, well, obviously we need to, we're going to pay our people, and then we're going to, you know, but we're going to give you a little bit. You're going to get some. It's going to be your investment in this company, your stock that you hold in this company is going to be worthwhile, right? But now it has to be maximized, so we got to fire people. That's basically what it is, right? I mean, we have this, or 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 we can't fire people, but these people can't be. And I think this is going to be a big part of the answer. These people can't be unionized. We can pay a lot of people a little, or we can pay some people a little bit more, but then we're going to have to let a bunch of people go. When did that happen? Why did it happen? And is the answer just unions? No, no. I think that sure, of course, unions are a big part of it, but but I think there's two much bigger factors involved. Um, but before we get there, let's note that hedge fund is—it's like it's—it's it's both a disastrous name and a fun name at the same time. First of all, fun sounds fun because <laughs> it's got the word fun in it. Uh, you can't spell fun without fun. Um, so, <laughs> uh, on the other hand, hedging—it sounds disastrous. Like it sounds not disastrous, but like really boring. Like, hey, what do you do for a living? I hedge. I don't know. I could. I could, maybe. But I, I'm not positive. I hedge for a living, right? Uh, so, and 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 they're boogeymen. And uh, but really, all they do is um, they take people's really wealthy people's money uh, or institutions' money, and then they invest in the stock market. So it doesn't have to be evil. And and I know uh, some of my best friends are hedge funders uh, who are not evil, uh, but. <laughs> But what are they looking to do? They're looking to maximize profit. <laughs> and so, and then we say, oh, well, that's evil, right? And and sometimes the way that they do it is very evil, right? So there's, but you have to look at it holistically, what makes sense, what doesn't. I know I'm asking a lot. Okay, so. Yeah, but also, Jake, I, I think it's important because Ben's question is a great one. This is not something that just happens overnight. It's a long process by which they did this, right? It's not just union busting, you gotta deregulate every single American industry possible, invent all the tax loopholes possible to the point where they pay no taxes anymore. And you know, that's basically just a wealth transfer from us to them. And it's just, they've been doing it over a long period of time to the point where now, like what is the point of Republicanism? They were in power for four years, had every single branch of government, and all they did was cut taxes. They did nothing else. They won. They they got every single thing they ever imagined that they could have back in the 70s when they sort of started this process. But they all go hand in hand. You know, the 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 way the tax rate or the corporate tax rate has fallen, the union busting, the deregulation, it's all of a piece, you know? Yeah, and, and, so and they that's and the answer. Yeah, right. That's the answer. But I mean, right. I, I know, that, but it's also part of the, you know, I guess I was I, I was looking at it more not from the uh, 
not from the scientific perspective, but from the English, from the literature perspective. Like, how did they do it? Like, yeah. because it's a it's a feeling too, right? And part of it is the yeah. you know we talked about is the idea that you you don't you don't you know nobody criticizes capitalism, right? Yeah. That's not in 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 mainstream American thought. Capitalism is is great. It's what made America great, and it's not to be questioned. And so there's some different mindset from guys who were around and running the show in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and into the beginning of the 80s. And now it's just it's different, and it's obviously it's sad. And I'm sure, of course, the deregulation and union busting. No, no, uh, no, no. Let me be more specific, though. Let me. There's a very, very specific answer. And in fact, it's a giant part of my book. So I won't get into all the details and you, some of you have heard me say this before. But part one of the answer is Lewis Powell wrote a memo in 1971. He was a lawyer for the Chamber of Commerce and he said, he was a, he was a community organizer and, and his community was business, the business community. And he wrote them a memo saying, you schmucks, I don't know if you know this, you have a lot of money. You know what you should do? You should pull it together and buy the government. And then he laid out how you could buy the government and not just the government, but change the culture. So he talked about taking over the education system, taking over the courts, taking over you know, every branch of our society. And you know, if you read it back then, they were getting their asses handed to them. Ralph Nader was running roughshod, and throughout the memo, he's like this goddamn raider. He's Nader's raiders. This Nader is guy is killing us, right? And and he's like, we are so ineffectual. You know, it's hilarious because he sounds like a modern day progressive talking about how much the Democratic Party sucks. So Nixon reads the memo and goes, "Well, that's a really good idea. Um, taking over the courts, that's a brilliant idea." You, Lewis Powell, you wrote the memo, you're on the Supreme Court, literally. So then Lewis Powell goes on the Supreme Court and is the deciding vote in two Supreme Court decisions that change everything. Buckley v Vallejo and Bellotti versus First National Bank of Boston. So that says corporations are, they take an old wrong standard of corporations or people. They say, but now corporations can spend unlimited money and they can spend it on politicians. Okay, good night, Irene, it's over. After that, Tony Coelho comes in. Coelho is the running the the DCCC at that point. That's the- Oh, Tony Coelho. Coelho, however you sure, sure, sure. pronounce yeah. it. And he's actually a guy that sticks around for decades. And, and he's the guy who goes and tells everybody, you know, we can take corporate cash now and absolutely positively destroys the Democratic Party. Now, if it wasn't him, it would have been someone else. Let's okay, but it is him. Right. And and it totally worked because it's short term. Do you want the money or you don't want the money? I'm in the middle of a race. I need the money. Give me the money. What do I need to do? Well, it comes with strings. The strings are deregulation, lower taxes, and was you're a tiny bit off. They you said they got only one thing passed, tax cuts. They also got deregulation through the executive orders. 
And right. so the two main goals, deregulation. So now when you and tax cuts. So when you do and, and, and real quick and and then and and, and you know and, and and as many federal judges in in four years as Obama got in eight. So a, a lifetime of lawyers who are going to be there at 2060, 2070, some of them who will who will be ruling on these cases. And, yeah, and we and know and we know how they'll be ruling. Still executing them in the memo from 1971, take over That's the right. courts, yeah. etc. And what does the deregulation gets you? Well, one of the things it gets you is you deregulate the media. So that leads to tremendous consolidation, which then leads to four, five, six major media companies that run the whole country. And what are those companies? They are giant, multinational, multi billion dollar corporations. And lo and behold, those multi-billion dollar corporations like the corporate agenda. And that is the, they, and then they take their tremendous corporate bias and they come up with a new word for it. It's called objective. <laughs> and that's what happened to this country. Now culturally, for the second part of the answer, for the stock market and corporate America, etc. In the old days, the country was run by skull and bones, right? So that's a little metaphorical, it's also a little literal, right? But there was an actual club of people, they would tap each other on the shoulder to get admitted, it was real, right? And, and, and Yale would be a feeder for the State Department, the CIA, and the corporate world. And the Dulles brothers would start any war you wanted so that their friends and brothers in the, in the business community can make more money off of bananas. But don't worry, Honduras is striking back by taking over our social media now. <laughs> Good for them. Anyway, so, but nowadays the club is gone and it's replaced by something both better and worse. Uh, it's replaced by a, a machine. The invisible hand of the market over time worked. And what it did was it, it built this machine that I called a greed machine, okay? And that greed machine got really efficient. So if there was anyone who varied from the course, in the old days, Bob knew John and they went to school together, but, but they were both still human. And so Bob could have emotions and then, but he was in the club. So John and and uh, I'm running out of male names for no reason at all. Um. Phil, <laughs> let me throw you a Phil. Yeah, Phil and, and Joe. Ryan. Yeah, they they all knew Bob. And so they, they, had, they didn't want to regulate against Bob too much. They tolerated him a little bit. Oh, Bob's good to his workers, <laughs> dummy. Come on, Bob, get in here, you're gay and. <laughs> Snap a towel at him, throw a little whiskey in his face. Bob's good to his workers, right? Um, and that happened. They were real people, right? Now, it, you must get 15% return every year at a minimum. If you don't, you'll be fired. So the machine hums on ruthlessly, mercilessly. Right. right. I mean, it is. It is to go back to. I'm going to go back to my second reference of in the last five years only about Gordon Gecko. I mean, it makes the the airline takeover in Gordon Gecko in in Wall Street. Uh, you know, it, it, that was a. Uh, I mean, well done, uh, Oliver Stone. 
Like that was it. That's a little yeah. little microcosm of, of because when you were talking about Bob, Bob's a good guy. I'm thinking about uh, Martin Sheen, right at the airline. That's a good guy. He's all right. He's all right. Just we'll work something out with him. We'll let him keep out. And then eventually, no, it's okay. Yeah, he's a good guy, but we got no choice, right? Yeah. I got. I, I always remember that shareholders. Yeah. Yeah, I always remember that executive at I forget if it was United Health, but it was one of the uh, biggest. It might be the biggest. Um, Insurer in California, and they jacked their individual rate up by 39% one year. And she went public and said, "I we can't do this. People can't afford it, and then they won't have insurance, and some percentage of them will die." And so, and everybody's like, "Oh, look at that! An executive being patriotic and caring about people." And they celebrated her for a second, and then I forget if it was two days or two weeks later, fired. No, the machine does not like you giving away its profits. It's built on greed. Um, and so you might be wondering if you're paying this much attention, why in the world do you still call yourself a capitalist? Um, because the markets are inevitable. The question is, are you going to check them or are you not going to check them? Okay, that's why I think democratic socialism is a misnomer. It should be democratic capitalism. And the founding fathers had a lot of things wrong, but they had a lot of things right too. And and one of them was they were like, you should check business interests, corporations. They will run out of hand. Make sure you do not let corporations run out of hand. And we forgot, and we did. And so democracy was supposed to check capitalism, and I think it can again. Um, so anyway, before you get into it, Ben, uh, I'll do a small plug because now the book is almost almost I, done. I was just gonna say, don't even bother because uh, the joke's on you. Now I don't have to buy the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I assure you, there are painstaking details in there. There, you'll enjoy the way I wrote it. I think, I hope. Uh, yeah. But it was painful for me to acquire all the information. Anyway, justiceiscomingbook.com if you want to pre-order justiceiscomingbook.com. All right, um, so we actually were doing this part live and I was supposed to go through these, uh, but uh, there's two minutes left in the live show. Uh, so let's give a shout out to Sincerely Scully who just became a member by hitting the join button below on YouTube. That's a nice tie into the baseball conversation we started with. Um, and uh, post-traumatic South disorder uh, wrote in uh, in the member section, why does Ben have enhanced interrogation lighting? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he, Ben's trying to fix it, but I, I don't know what's going on. It's not, they're not that bright. I, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Okay, it's okay, it's okay. Um, and okay. then um, this is a really fun question that lets. So, uh, Olsen's broken up into two episodes now. The bonus episode is just for members, which we're going to go to in a minute. Uh, if you want to become a member, tyt.com slash join, and that way you can get old school. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to read your handle, even though you're a member, but this will answer this in the member section because of your question. Says, hey, Jenk, I'm in a pickle, please help. I got a job offer to work for Kenneth Copeland. Remember him, he's the crazy tale evangelist guy. Sure, yeah, yeah. Kenneth Copeland, as a video technician, my starting salary would be twice as much as my current job. I hate Copeland and I'm not religious at all. And I spent my whole life trying to get into broadcasting. Should I take the job? <laughs> I, this is like a board game, it's like yeah. a better version of a board game question. So. Whoever you are, wink, wink, not trying to give away your identity. We will answer that in the members only episode of Old School. And fifth grade graduations, are they a thing? 
Should we go or should we boycott them? Can I ask <laughs> before we go, because it's the live section, did, because did, Waz had no reaction to the conclusion of the Sixers Hawks, which I of course switched to when I saw that it was a one point game <laughs> with 40 seconds to play. And it was very dramatic with a couple of big defensive plays and then a great look at the end that would have tied it or a good look at the end. And nothing. For, like there was no no rev, no reveal whatsoever. It was well done. That's all I'm saying. You don't yeah. want to play poker with me, Ben. <laughs> no, I know. I know. That was good. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And I, I actually want to ask Waz a little bit about his childhood too. We'll never fit all that in, but we'll try. tyt.com slash chart. We'll see you guys there. All right. Thanks for watching this free clip of old school. Don't forget to become a tyt member today for the rest of the show and for more exclusive content throughout the network. Join now at tyt.com slash join.